0: Just before uh, coming here, when I was at my previous church in Xenia, I was leading a confirmation class, and as that class was looking at the Apostles' Creed, one of the students pointed out something about the Creed that I had never really paid much attention to before. Pontius Pilate is the only person other than Jesus and the Virgin Mary that gets named in the Apostles' Creed. Isn't that something? Think about all the big, important names in the New Testament. Peter. Peter, the rock upon which Jesus said he would build his church. Peter doesn't get named in the creed. John, the beloved disciple, the only disciple who stood with Jesus at the cross. John doesn't get named in the creed. Mary Magdalene, the first person to witness the resurrected Jesus, the first person to whom the crucified Christ spoke, the the one who testified about the resurrection to the disciples, the apostle to the apostles, Mary Magdalene doesn't get named in the creed. It's obvious why Jesus' mother is mentioned. The virgin birth is a foundational belief, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, reveals something of who Jesus is that is essential to our faith, therefore necessary in the Creed. But beyond that, the only other person named in the Apostles' Creed is Pontius Pilate. And what is it that Pilate is remembered for? He is the one who made Jesus suffer. Suffered under Pontius Pilate is the line that has been recited by Christians for almost 2,000 years. Was it really Pilate that made him suffer, though? Was it really Pilate who sent Jesus to his death? If you were to ask Pontius Pilate that question, the answer would most definitely be no. I am innocent of this man's blood, he declared. See to it yourselves. Who is it? that really sent Jesus to the cross. Who is it that can truly declare their hands clean? When Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, came out, there was a big controversy over one particular line in the movie. That line comes directly from our gospel reading for today. It's right after Pilate has washed his hands, declaring himself innocent. He says to the Jewish leaders, see to it yourselves. Verse 25 says, then the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. Mel Gibson included those words of scripture in his movie, spoken in Hebrew, but with English subtitles. And for that, the movie was accused of being anti-Semitic because it placed the blame for Jesus's death on the Jews rather than on Pilate. While watching the movie, again, a couple of years ago, I noticed that the Hebrew line is still in the movie, but the English subtitles for that sentence were removed for the DVD release. Unless you either know Hebrew or study the Bible, you won't know what they're saying. While that might seem silly, the fact is that verse of scripture has been used to justify anti-Semitism throughout the centuries. Those who hold a certain prejudice against the Jewish people blame the Jews for Jesus' death. They claim that the Jewish leaders, in saying what they said, called down a curse upon themselves and their descendants for all time. Jews have been referred to as Christ-killers. The most horrible things imaginable have been done to them over the past 20 centuries, justified by pointing to what they did to Jesus. What they did to Jesus people who weren't even born until centuries after the fact. Who was it that really sent Jesus to the cross? Who is it that can truly declare their hands clean? It seems that when it comes to the events leading up to Jesus' death on the cross, we spend a lot of time focusing on who is to blame from a historical perspective. Historians point out that While Pontius Pilate comes across in the Gospels as weak and waffling and at the mercy of the crowds, that is not at all the Pilate portrayed in the historical record. Pontius Pilate was the one with all the power. He he sometimes had hundreds of people crucified in a day. Rome was in charge of who was king in the region. If the high priest displeased Rome, Rome could and sometimes did remove him and replace him with someone else. The idea that Pilate would be too terribly concerned over one itinerant Galilean peasant, that's a bit of a stretch. But then it wasn't just the high priest that Pilate had to worry about. It It seems that the whole city was in a frenzy over Jesus. If the temple leaders were working the crowds the way the scriptures portray, then Pilate did have reason to be concerned. His position as governor of Judea depended on his ability to keep the peace to squelch all revolts before they began. If things got out of hand, Pilate could very quickly be recalled from his position. He had a vested interest in placating the crowds. So who really is to blame for the crucifixion? Pilate, the Jewish leaders. And then, of course, there's always Judas. Don't forget about Judas, the disciple turned traitor who led the authorities to Jesus and betrayed his master with a kiss. But then, what if Judas hadn't done what he did? If it was foreordained that he would be the one to lead them to Jesus, can he really be blamed for what came next? It seems that when it comes to the crucifixion and, and the personalities and the events that led up to it, there's a whole lot of blame to go around. And there are also a lot of ways of skirting the blame. It wasn't my fault. They made me do it. God made me do it. The devil made me do it. Who is it that really sent Jesus to the cross? Who is it that can truly declare their hands clean? The problem with focusing the blame on a particular person or group of people, whether that be Judas Iscariot or Pontius Pilate or the Jewish leaders or an entire ethnic group or a specific religious group, the problem with focusing the blame on them or trying to exonerate them, whichever way you go, the problem with that is that it takes the focus away from who is really to blame. You want to know who it is that really sent Jesus to the cross? You did. I did. Every one of us in this sanctuary did. Every person who has ever lived other than Jesus himself is guilty of sending him to the cross. You want to know who it is that can truly declare their hands clean? No one. No one but Jesus. Jesus is the only person ever born who can truly be called innocent. Jesus is the only one with perfectly clean hands. His blood is on our hands. If you are trying to pin the blame on some other person or or some other group or some other religion or some other race or, or some other historical figure or some other force in the universe, then you are crucifying Jesus all over again. I think this passage about Pontius Pilate washing his hands and declaring himself innocent of Christ's blood It's a good story for us to consider, not not for laying the blame of the cross on Pilate. I think it's a, a story that shows us what we all try to do when it comes to the question of our own guilt or innocence. Don't we all sometimes try to wash our hands of the blame? Don't we all like to have someone else that we can point to and say, this is all on you? But is it really Can we so easily pass the buck to others and declare ourselves innocent? Pilate had been warned. He had been warned by his wife. Have nothing to do with this innocent man, she told him, for today I have suffered a great deal because of a dream about him. Now, I'm not gonna make this about husbands failing to listen to their wives. I could. My wife would love it if I did. She says that I should take her counsel more often, but I don't listen. I'm not sure what Pilate made of his wife's warning. The Bible doesn't tell us how he responded to her dreams. It does seem that he was eager to be done with Jesus, as she suggested. He tried to release him on the basis that it was customary to release one prisoner during the Passover. That was a a small thing that allowed the oppressor to keep the oppressed in line by appearing to be sympathetic. The people weren't going for it. They, They demanded Barabbas be released instead. One gospel calls Barabbas a bandit, another calls him a murderer. He was definitely a revolutionary leading an open rebellion against Rome. Barabbas was guilty of the exact charges used as an excuse to kill Jesus. Jesus was sentenced to the same punishment that was rightly due to Barabbas. In a literal historical sense, Jesus, the innocent one, took Barabbas' place on the cross. Just as in a broader spiritual eternal sense, Jesus, the innocent one, took each of our places on the cross. When Pilate saw that letting Jesus go would create a riot, he went along with the demands of the crowd, agreeing to crucify Jesus. I'm sure that when Pilate washed his hands and declared himself innocent of this man's blood, he believed that he was following his wife's counsel. She warned him, have nothing to do with this innocent man, nothing to do with him. If he declared Jesus guilty and ordered his crucifixion, he would have been taking responsibility for that death on himself, which he was not willing to do, probably because of his wife's warning. He had no other reason to be concerned with whether Jesus was innocent or guilty. Pilate's driving motive was expediency, not truth or justice. He had people crucified all the time, not in the name of justice, but just to keep people in line. Were it not for his wife's warning, he probably would have had no qualms at all about sending Jesus to the cross. But because of her dreams, he was not willing to bring that responsibility upon his own head. However, if he had taken up the cause of Jesus, refusing to have him crucified, declaring him innocent and letting him go, that would have not been in line with his wife's counsel either. If he had done that, he would have been involving himself directly with this innocent man that she warned him to have nothing to do with. He would have been lining himself up on one side with all of the crowds on the other side and that would not have turned out well professionally. There would have been riots, Rome would have been displeased, he would have been recalled. If Pilate wanted to keep his job, Jesus was going to have to die. Washing his hands was a sign that he was refusing to make a decision. He was refusing to get involved. He was trying to do what his wife told him to do, have nothing to do with this innocent man. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. See to it yourselves. To his credit, Pilate was trying to listen to his wife. Unfortunately, in this case, his wife's advice was not quite on point. Because in this case, it was not possible for Pilate to have nothing to do with Jesus. He had to make a choice. Either have Jesus crucified or let Jesus go. He said it was up to the Jewish leaders to do it, but that was not the case. They had no authority to have someone crucified. Only Rome could do that. The Roman soldiers who nailed Jesus to the cross, they did not take orders from the high priest. They took their orders from Rome. No matter what he said to the crowds, it was entirely on Pontius Pilate to decide what would happen to Jesus that day. He had Jesus killed in order to save his job. And at first it seemed to work. It worked. In that moment... I think Pilate was convinced he had done the right thing. The crowds were placated. The leaders fell in line. There was no riot. Pilate's job was secure. All seemed to be well. But at what price? At what price? Pilate did the expedient thing. He did what he thought he had to do. But at the cost... Of his eternal soul. He would be remembered for all times as the one under whom Jesus suffered and died. He would be responsible for the death of Jesus, but with none of Christ's life giving benefits. Pilate was trying to follow his wife's advice, but unfortunately, his wife's advice was not on point. Because it is not possible to have nothing to do with Jesus. And now I'm not talking historically anymore. I'm not just talking about the specific case of Pontius Pilate. I'm talking about all of us. This is about everyone. When it comes to the crucifixion, when it comes to the cross of Jesus Christ, it is not possible for any one of us to have nothing to do with this innocent man. We are all of us implicated in Christ's death, whether we like it or not. And we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. Trying not to choose, refusing to get involved, that in and of itself is to make a decision against Christ. Trying to wash our hands clean, trying to declare ourselves innocent, that in and of itself nails Jesus to the cross because the fact of it is that we cannot declare ourselves innocent. We cannot declare ourselves independent of Jesus and the sacrifice he made on the cross. That sacrifice he made on the cross was for us, for you and for me. We needed him to be nailed to the cross. We needed him to die on that cross. We needed him to take the punishment we earned through our sin. Just like he took Barabbas' place on the cross, just as surely as that, he took my place on the cross. He took your place on the cross. Who is it that really sent Jesus to the cross? You did, I did. Who is it that can truly wash their hands clean? No one. Pontius Pilate represents each and every one of us every time we try to justify ourselves. Every time someone says, I don't need his sacrifice, I didn't ask Jesus to die for me. That's another nail. Every time someone says, I can't be blamed, I wasn't even there. That's another nail. Every time someone says, I can just be a good person and be judged on my own merits, that's another nail. Every time someone says, I didn't have a choice, I I was just doing what I had to do, that's another nail. Every time someone says, my hand was forced, what else could I do? That's another nail. But it's not only those, it's also those of us who judge them. If you say, those people out there who reject Jesus, they're the evil ones, that's another nail. You're just as much a sinner as anyone else. If you say proudly, I would have stood up for Jesus if I had been there, I would have been faithful. I never would have allowed that to happen. That's another nail. You're just as guilty as everyone else. Those who come to church every Sunday are just as responsible as those who have never set foot in the door. Those who study their Bibles every day are just as responsible as those who have never opened the book. You need the cross just as much as anybody. None of us, none of us can wash our hands of Jesus' blood. None of us can declare ourselves innocent. Who can? Only Jesus. Who can declare us innocent? Only Jesus. What can wash our hands clean? Only the blood of Christ can do that. It's only when I admit, I am not innocent of this man's blood, then I can repent and receive the grace he has for me. It's only when I confess, his blood is on my hands, then his blood can wash me clean. It's only when I can say, I am the one who sent Jesus to the cross. Then his cross can work its miraculous power in my life and bring me back to God. Then his sacrifice can give me the eternal life that I cannot gain for myself, that I cannot earn, that I do not deserve, that I cannot find in any other way. The cross of Jesus Christ. That is where we are washed clean. That. Is where we are declared innocent. That is where we find life. Thanks be to God.